Warning, this 22nd installment of Aspire Can Review Podcast Bond Marathon will contain adult language, mature situations, a more new gritty James Bond, less super secret spy gadgets, a fight scene on an airport runway, one of the most intense card games you have ever seen, and one of the most heartbreaking Bond girls. Listener discretion is advised. American Motion Picture Review, James Bond, 007, Casino Royale. Hello and welcome to the American Motion Picture Review. I'm your host, Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonjourno, and what's up? Hey, it's Greta. And we're back again for another installment of... Bondathon! Spyrokin's Bond-themed marathon that we've been doing since last April in preparation for No Time to Die, the latest James Bond film, which has been pushed back how many times? Um, a bajillion. Yes, and hopefully it will be out by April of this year. We are hoping because I'm getting a little jonesy about that. But, um, as usual, like I said, I'm your host, Zan. This is Greta. And uh, you can check out any of our other episodes at www.spirekin.com. We also have our other movie reviews, including one which we have to do of The Witches, the original Witches. Uh, our anime review, our manga review, our TV Tuesdays, our new book corner reviews, and all those other podcasts you can find there. You can also email me at spyrokin.gmail.com or check us out on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, on the Lexi app, if you know what I'm talking about, because I don't want to activate it right now. But all those lovely things. And so with that in mind, let's get to it, Chai, because this is a long time coming, and we're talking about one of the most iconic films in the James Bond franchise. It's the 21st in the franchise. Now, this is the third screen adaptation of Ian Fleming's 1953 novel of the same Sorry. name. And this is directed by Martin Campbell, who we talked about in GoldenEye. So he's back again. But this does not feel like GoldenEye at all. No. It is filmed very differently. Again, produced by Michael G. Wilson and Barbara Bro- 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 Broccoli. Yay, go Broccoli family. And this is the first Eon film that's going to be produced by Columbia Pictures and MGM. So this is the change because Eon Pictures is going away. And the thing is, after the failure of Die Another Day, uh, it didn't do as well as they did. They decided to reboot. They recasted. They got rid of Pierce Brosnan. And they decided to pick a new actor to play James Bond. And they were looking for a successor for a while. And they went to various different people. Uh, it kind of sucks because he wanted to do another movie, but they said he's stepping down. And they want Carl Urban, Henry uh, Cavill, uh, Sam Worthington, Douglas Ray, uh, actor Goran Viznik was auditioned. However, he couldn't do a British accent, so they couldn't say him. So eventually, who did they pick to play the iconic spy known as James Bond? Daniel Craig. Yes, Daniel Craig. He single-handedly revolutionized boxer swim trunks speedos. Not in this movie. True. Um, and let's get to the cast. Now, uh, going in order, or our usual order, we go backwards. First off, we have uh, British entrepreneur Michael Branson being frisked at the, the Miami airport. as a nice little cameo. 
Now, for those of you who are unaware, Richard Branson is a business magnate from uh, Britain who created the Virgin Group. So he's monies. Um, back again, surprisingly, in this reboot, playing a supposedly younger version of herself, which makes no sense, Judy Dench is back as M. Love her. And it's very different because she, when we first see her in GoldenEye, she's very, I was a accountant, a bean counter, uh, I do things differently, the numbers have to match. At this point, this is her after years of Bond. But the thing is that this is an origin story for James Bond. She, so this is her years fit. after. No, but this is her years after being head of MI6, head of double O people. Like she is agents. She is stressed out, pissed, and she says, "You know what? They don't care when we did. What if we get because she camera. made him? She made him double status. She's this is not her first double O. Yeah, but she's very. She's still a maternal figure, but this is more of a. I'm too old for this shit. She went from idealist to, I'm too old for this shit, and I'll kill you immediately if you need to. She knows what needs to be done, and she's the one that does it. Yes. Or makes sure it happens. I would have loved to have seen this M with... Uh, Sean with, Connery? No, um, Pierce Brosnan. I think it would have been really good, this version of M. But we don't get that. So next, we have our fifth character playing um, Felix Leiter. And it's also our first non-white Felix Leiter. Uh, played by Jeffrey Wright. And I gotta say, this is my favorite Felix Leiter. Compared to all the other ones, he's my favorite. He's very cool. He's cool and he's very debonair. And when they first meet and he introduces himself, he's very like, listen, I'm your cousin from Langley. <laughs> it's very like secretive. He feels like a secret agent. And I love that fact, fact of it. Um, well, actually, he's not the first actor. The first uh, Felix Leiter was played by Black... Felix Leiter was played by Bernie Case and Never Say Never Again. I forgot about that. Yeah, I don't feel like and he was the first black that. guy. Yeah. So, shit. Uh, Zan, edit that out. Uh, but he is very, very cool. He is a cool and great Felix Leiter, and he shows up again, and he's, he's better than the last guy, the guy that they had as the, the liaison in Die Another Day, played by Michael Madsen. Yes. And he's better than Jack Wade, because Jack Wade was annoying. Yes. This is cool, collective, knows his stuff. Uh, next you have uh, Sebastian Foucan playing a bomb maker that is chased in one of the first action sequences of this movie and credited in the opening titles as free running stunts and this was like when things started to become popular about parkour became popular yeah and he's all about parkour and um, it's kind of cool seeing a bomb maker who actually looks like he fucked up with bombs I like that that's a nice little touch that they have where he's all burnt up. All the burn marks. Um, you have Claudio Santamaria as another hench named Carlos, who he tries his best to blow up uh, aircraft, and he's got the hench uh, gumption. He tries. He almost makes it to the goal, and but then because of some trickery... And he looks kind of psycho-y, like, yeah, I'll go blow that up for a million dollars. Yep. But he blows up instead. Yep. He goes boom. Next, you have uh, Tobias Benzer as Vilers, uh, M's secretary at MI6. Um, this character's last name's a reference to James Vilers, who portrayed Bill Tanner in For Your Eyes Only. And he is, in, he is a good assistant for M. 
He's he not- knows what to say. He knows what not to say. He knows how to like get her, when to buffer for her. He is the beginning of Many Penny before Many Penny. And he works at, at it and does a good job with that. Um, let's see who else there is. There's uh, Valenka, who's played by Ivana Milsevia, one of the Bond girls. And this is Lashif's girlfriend. Um, she, beautiful, beautiful body. No, she is furniture. No, she's window dressing. Uh, yeah, she's window dressing. No character at all. Nothing interesting. You have Jesper Christian. But she plays a pouty, beautiful woman very well. Yeah. Um, you have uh, Jesper Christensen as Mr. White, who is a liaison for an unnamed uh, criminal organization. This is the beginning of a really cool concept that they dropped the ball of by the third film in the Craig franchise. Like the organiz- this secret organization that they have. But he's a really cool main villain that you don't see. Yes. He's the person behind everything. A uh, good example would be Blofeld in the original films but this isn't blofeld mr white is the guy orchestrating everything going on um you have isaac de becoli as Stephen obano who is a leader of the lord's resistance army who is introduced to our main villain because he needs a financier he's going to deposit his money and be able to access it anywhere according to the deal um Let's see now. We have uh, Catherine Moreno as Solango Dimitrios, who is another Bond girl. In this one, she is iconic for how she's entered into the scene, which you so lovely commented on, that she's riding on the beach on a horse. Yeah. Because every woman likes to ride in their bikini on a horse on a beach. Eh, she is someone he seduces and then throws away. Again, beautiful, plays the mean, beautiful girl. She's not mean. She's just kind of... She cheats on her. She's planning on sleeping with a man that's not her husband. True. And Bond calls it out. She goes, I'm not that cruel. He goes, or you're just out of practice. She goes, true. Um, You have Giancarlo Gianni as Renee Mathis, who is a contact in Montenegro. And he's kind of, not Q, but he's he's like a double agent. He's the fixer he's the one that makes things happen he's the one that actually goes and pays off the politician he's the he's a counterintelligence agent for a different group that they don't know about that he's a liaison for them at first he's the creepy dude you're happy is on our side but then you're like of course he's not he reminds me of in the in uh from russia with love the russian guy that's like we spy on them they spy on us yeah that's what he is he's a member of a fellow person in the intelligence business just he's neutral but he how he works is kind of interesting like he will frame people just because like it's like oh we need that guy gone well i took the two bodies that you killed and put it in his trunk and now they're arrested that's a care of that problem um and now our villain of our arguably our villain of the piece and we're talking about le chief played by mads mickelson and i gotta say mad mickelson plays a really good villain I mean, most people know him from Hannibal, but I think this is his better villain. I really do. I would love to see him play good guy, though. Besides in Star Wars, where he plays a scientist that does a good thing. I want to see him as a real hero, but as Lashif, great. Because Lashif is... He's what you want out of a bad guy. But he's not a major villain. He's not a major player. This is not Goldfinger. This is not uh, Mr. Big... But that's the whole thing. This isn't Alex Trevelyan. This is 
a minor level villain who technically is a hench. He's a big player. He's just, he screws up and he needs to go. Yeah, he's the money launderer that fucked up and now he's like, shit, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And of course, James Bond, played by Daniel Craig, has to fix this. And then finally, our main uh, our main Bond girl in this film and arguably another hench. Spoilers. Yep. Eva Green as Vesper Lind. Wow. Vesper is one of the most iconic characters in the Fleming universe. And she's someone who... She's absolutely beautiful, beautiful, but she's kind of an unconventional beautiful. Yes, she is. Evergreen does a weird thing with her, but she's really charismatic. And I like that she is an agent for Her Majesty's Treasury, and she's supervising Bond. And you see that she has a bit of innocence to her, even though there's more going on than what we know. There's some darkness there, too, and she's very quippy, and she can read Bond. And... They seem like a very good match. She's not going to fall for it, but she's going to fall for it. And let's get to James Bond this version of James Bond, Jane and Craig. This is a reboot of the entire series. So things that happened in earlier versions technically no longer exist. So the concept of Tracy no longer exists. So he never was married. Uh, the fact that he had been with MI6 for over 20 years doesn't exist. Q he just became doesn't Bond. exist. Right. Many Penny doesn't exist. This is a very stripped down, bare version of James Bond. And I've got to say... Um, and it's not that he hasn't been an agent for a while, but he just got his double O status. The other thing is that this is not charismatic James Bond uh, underneath the mango tree, my honey and me. This is well, he knows how to seduce a woman, though. No, he knows how to seduce a woman, but this is not that. This is, he's a blunt instrument. He's, I'm going to go, uh, oh, my prey went. My, he has pre- some finesse, but he doesn't have some some of it, like when Vesper says there are dinner jackets and there are dinner jackets, that's the latter. Like, he still has opportunity to polish up a little bit. He's unpolished. That's a good term. He's unpolished. Like, there are moments he's very intelligent, very charismatic. Like, he's some guy treats him like trash because he they think he's a valet. He crashes their car, has everyone come out to see what the crash is so he could sneak in. It's, he's very, thinks on his feet, and he can be very charismatic. And like you said, he is... Someone who is able to seduce, but he has control issues. He has a lot of violence issues, and he's not a, as good as he could be. The first sequ- He's not a super secret secret agent. No, he's not. He's an assassin. He's not a spy. He's an assassin who had his first two kills. And when you first this movie opens up, it's him getting his double O license because there's a traitor in MI6, and he has to kill him. And he's like, the first one I killed was your contact, and you see in black and white... Him killing the contact in a very vicious and violent way. No, not... Well, yes, but, but it's it's very up close and personal. Yeah, because he's he kill, kills him with his bare hands. Yeah, his bare hands and pieces of porcelain from a sink. sink. I'm surprised he didn't just pick up pieces of the sink and just smash his head in. Because that isn't a clean kill. That's not a, oh, he got shot or, oh, I poisoned him. Even though there is a sequence which is true bond that's done... In the airport. That is very silent, but we'll get to that in a moment. Um, so yeah, so he kills the treacherous section chief, Dryden, who's actually in charge of the MI6 program. and But who's a bad guy. And his contact fisher. And then we get the opening title crawl, which we'll get to that in a bit. And that goes into the opening, which introduces uh, Mr. White introducing Le Chief to uh, Stephen Obano. And the deal is that he wants to put all of his money investing 
uh, in uh, the aerospace manufacturer Space Fleet all the money that he got from the guy because they're going to hide the money in stocks. And the thing is that what he wants to do is he's going to use some insider knowledge, make the stock prices go up. The bad guy gets money. He gets money. Well, he's betting on the direction of the stocks are going to raise or fall. And he's betting opposite of what the market is going to, is trending and is going to do. And, but he's going to blow the thing up, forcing it to go the other way in his favor. Yeah. So it's got bond. It's uh, paralleled to nine 11. It's tied back into current events. It's, very smart yeah it's not a this is the end of the world no this is very subtle and it's not a super it's messing with the world economy yeah no this is just someone who bank banks terrorists and this is how they get their money and things go wrong when bond gets involved and now it's involved as he's investigating one of the bomb makers actually goes into an embassy which you're not supposed to do he gets caught on camera killing someone which is already like what the hell you're not supposed to do this and but bond uses his not charm his intelligence to kind of discover what happens he investigates finds out that there's uh, a corrupt official who knows what's going on Alex yeah Dimitri. he doesn't do what he was asked to do but he figured out what he was what they needed and he went yes unlike all the other bonds this bond is on his own from the beginning he takes the basic parameters of the mission and then does his own thing and he's like i get it yeah we wanted to question him but i killed him and this is what's going to happen and we're going to get the other guy we're still going to do it but then when they ask him what the hell's wrong, and he's like, well, I want it. There's one less bomb maker in the world. And he's not thinking of the big picture, and he is, but he's not. He's not charismatic at all. He's not. He's he's kind of cute in, in like, like you said, he's just kind of, he tries to be like in a way, but he's not charming. He's a, he's a really great tuxedo, but he's not the custom tuxedo. Yes. And classic, classic James Bond is custom tuxedo. Yeah, he wears on the rack, but that's we're not saying like he's like it's the suit. It's his quality is lacking. It's no, he's just rough. He's polished. He's not charcoal trying to become a diamond. He's a raw diamond that needs to be cut and polished. Yeah, but instead the raw diamond wants to cut things by ramming into things instead, and this actually leads to him playing a poker game, winning the poker game, and then going to Miami to track someone down who is going to blow up the plane to make the stocks go down. And it's cool because there's a sequence in the airport when the guy who he's following knows he's being followed and catches Bond. They're in a crowd and he pulls a knife out and he's going to stab Bond and they're fighting with each other in this crowded room. That's not at the airport. That is at the airport. That's outside. No, that's at the Chinese um, It's in Miami though. Body Museum. Oh, yeah. So it's at a Miami museum, but it's the sequence is great because it's just going back and forth and it's just so subtle. And he kills a man in the middle of a crowded room without anyone knowing. Which is very Bond, and it's just a great sequence. It's a touch of Bond which works out well. So then he ends up calling MI6. They wonder, they've been tracking him because he's been using M's code, which is really fucked up. He also found out who M really is and showed up at her house, and that's really wrong. And hacked her computer. But they find out that he knows what's going on. They know where everything is going. And he ends up saving the day, beating the bomber. But now things have come to a head because Lashif, who was betting with his client's money, has lost everything. And we need to get the big fish. And he's 
a big fish, but he's not the big fish. So what he's done is he is going to organize a high-stakes Texas Hold'em tournament in Montenegro at Casino Royale. And then MI6 says, you know what, you're right, you're on the path, so we're, since you're the best player in uh, MI6, we're going to have you play. Uh, and any defeat that you have will force the chief to seek asylum with the British government, and then... We'll get all the intel, and... It'll be good. And beforehand, we need to do something, and they give him an injection in his arm, the only tech used in this... Well, one of the only techs in this entire movie to track his heart rate and his location. No, it's mostly just to track his location. He had the thing that he had to stick into his wrist to... His vitals. And then he meets Vesper, who... Vesper is the person who's the money. And she is... She takes him to task. Like, he tries to be typical, charming, like, hey, how you doing? And she's she's not falling for it. And that intrigues him. Yep. You could say it's love at first sight. I think there's... It's very... Elizabeth Bennett and Mr. Darcy. It's very, oh, you're going to fall for me because every woman always does. And it's like, no, I'm not. You're a pig. And then it's quippy, quippy, quippy. And then they like each other. That's way oversimplifying it, but I just. Yeah, their quote unquote courtship on the train. It's fast and it works. It's very, the tension is there. You can cut it with a knife. That sexual tension, you can cut with a knife. And it's back and forth. Eventually they go to the casino and the, the game is pretty it's, sharp. It's sharp. It's well done. You have James in a custom bespoke suit that Vesper got for him. It's like, how do you get this tailored? He's it's like, tailored because I sized you up on the train. And the game is really tense filled because you have the sheaf there. He figures out his tell and then suddenly someone tells him that he knows his tell. He loses his money, gets the money back. Um, there's a fight sequence. Yeah. Bond goes all in. Yeah. And loses, and he wants to be bought back in because now he knows how to win, but that's when he meets Felix Ryder. And Felix is like, listen, I'll buy, I'll pay for you to go on because Vesper is not having it because she's like, you just want to beat him for your ego. You're not doing this for the mission. She's like, no, you're reckless and we're not funding terrorism. And Felix is like, listen, I'm bleeding chips. I'll front you. You can win it. But we get the sheaf. And he goes, what about the money? He's like, I, we don't care about the money. Does it look like we have money problems? So, yeah. So, he ends up uh, helping them out. He wins. Uh, beforehand, one other thing is the bond between Vesper and James is filled out further when there's a fight sequence and Vesper freaks out afterwards. I Means understandable because he kills two guys in front of her and says, listen, call Mathis. He'll take care of the bodies. Just relax. And he goes back down for four hours, comes back. He's, he changed his shirt because it was all bloodied up. He looked better. But he comes back. His knuckles are all brood bleeding now. And he sees. And she's like falling apart. She's sitting in the shower with water just running over her. Crying. And she the, can't get over it. And the, the glass that's broken is a nice touch. Yeah. She couldn't handle it. And she has that Lady Macbeth moment of, I can't get the blood off. I can't get the blood off. And she didn't kill anybody. It was him who did. And he comforts her and makes her feel better. Um, but seeing somebody die so horribly that close when your life was in danger it's all just too much and then she gets it she gets that's why that's his job he can turn it on and off like it's kind of disturbing it it is <laughs> but uh one other thing is after he loses his chips when he's back and he starts winning again and then uh the chief's girlfriend ends up poisoning him and you see him like say i'll be right back <laughs> and he goes stands up he's starting to wobble 
Uh, Felix is like, what the hell is he doing? Because it's near the end of the game. You see uh, James walks into the, the restaurant, grabs a glass and a uh, salt shaker, goes to the bathroom, pours all the salt into the glass, fills and it with water, and chugs it. it, puking. And then he goes to the other tech, which is a defibrillator, because he's having a heart attack. They have to give him an In ant- the car. In his car is the defibrillator, but he puts a... The antidote in first. No, it it looks like a meat thermometer, but he's but it's like a bigger needle, and he sticks it into his wrist, and it takes his vitals, it tests his blood, and all of a sudden, um, MI six is alerted that there's an issue, and they're figuring it out. They figure out what it is, and then he has to put like the antidote into his neck and hooks himself up to the defibrillator to restart his heart when his heart gives out. It's another intense sequence, which is really well done. Because it, it also, because he's trying to do what he's passing out. He took the, the, he's poisoned. He took the antidote, but it's passing out. So he has to keep, take the defibrillator He has to, to wait survive. for it to charge. He has to push the button. But it's not plugged in. It's, it's a very stressful moment. But it leads to her saving him. And then he's like, Thank you, saying it to She's Vesper. like, nah. and then MI6 goes, okay, now get yourself to the hospital. He goes, absolutely. But he goes and changes his shirt again and goes and finishes the game and wins. And I love that this is the first official pun in the for James Bond in this franchise. As he sits down, Lashif's eyes bulge open because Bond is still alive. And he's like, I'm sorry about that. That last hand, it almost killed me. I love it. Pun game has it initiated. Uh, he ends up winning with a straight flush, uh, eight of spades to two of spades. No, eight, eight to four of spades. No, eight to three of spades. He wins with that, and it's cool because everybody goes in on this last hand, and everybody has some a kind great of great hand, hand. And it's like this person wins, no, and this person beats him by this much. And I feel bad because the big fat guy who doesn't talk, he's like super giddy because he has. Uh, what was it? He had a... And he beat out the other guy. They both had a full house, just he had a better one. Yeah, he has his nice the full house. The Japanese guy puts his cards down. He's got a full house. The bigger, heftier black gentleman smiles because he puts bigger. it down. He has a better full house. And he smiles. And Le Chief puts it down. He's got... He's got a flush, but it's a mixed flush. No, it's a aces. Oh, he has aces. F- full house. Is it... Full house with aces. That's right. And then... James has the... James has a straight flush. So he wins. He ends up going to get food because he's starving. And he ends up getting uh, some caviar, which is he's eating that. Caviar and toast. He's got steak. He's got another Vesper martini. He's got... Yes, we didn't even talk about the Vesper. We'll talk about the Vesper martini in a bit because that's a big point. Uh, but afterwards, gets a phone call uh, from Matt... Mathis, Vesper goes off. She gets kidnapped by Lashif. He ends up getting captured. But there's that moment where she she goes, "Oh, I have to go." Mathis needs. He goes, "Okay," and you know he's eating, and then he goes, "Mathis." So then he figures it out. He's the bad guy. He's the one who told on the that I knew the the tell. He runs out just in time to see Vespers get kidnapped. Goes after her in his his very nice car. Ends up uh, trashing the car. The beginning of this. Bond's breaking of cars, because that's his gimmick, is breaking cars, and gets captured by Lashif, who is to torture him in an abandoned ship in a very simple way. And he even makes like, I don't like these elaborate tortures. It's so simple to bring pain. And his pain is simple. To break a man down. He has uh, 
Bond stripped naked, ties him to a wicker chair where he cuts out the bottom, and then he just hits him with a rope in... With a big old knot on the end. In his privates until he gives him the code for the money. And Bond just keeps refusing, and he actually, like... he It's weird. It's very masochistic and, like, yeah, something's wrong with Bond. We know he's damaged. And that's the thing with... Well, again, we'll get to that a bit about his damage. But ends up where Mr. White shows up, kills Lashif, just straight up was like, we need to know who we could trust, and we can't trust you, and just kills him right there, walks off. And then the rest of the film, um, not getting super spoilery, uh, ends up where Bond um, stops Mathis, spends time with Vesper, they fall in love, he quits MI6. Um, they sail around Venice. Uh they find out that the money was never deposited into the account. Bond realizes he was betrayed by Vesper. There's a fight sequence. It's the one and only time he lets somebody in. It's the only time he goes after a woman that's not married. And he quits his job. He's going to change his life. They're going to sail around the world and just be together. And then he finds out she betrayed him. Yeah. And, and he will never trust ever again. This leads to a harrowing experience inside of a collapsing venice building that's sinking into water a venetian house that's it's kind of horrifying how it ends for vesper because she dies and then uh, but uh, it comes out to light she knew she was going to her death yeah they were blackmailing her there was no other way she was dying so that bond would live yeah and the end is that uh the organization behind this is behind everything and they threatened vesper's lover and now she has to be a double agent and Bond is straight up just very cold about saying, the bitch is dead. I don't care. He's like, she's, M says, you know, take some time. You need some coffee. He's like, why? The job's done. The bitch is dead. Let's get back to work. And the thing is that Vesper left him her phone. And then there's a note saying to James. And it's the contact information for Mr. White. And the ending sequence is the beginning of this new franchise officially. Because throughout this film... One, there was the gun barrel was done very differently. It wasn't the typical James Bond gun barrel, and they did not have the James Bond theme. Until the last sequence when you have Mr. White walking up to his villa on his phone, and he, he gets a phone call and he says, Yes, hello, who is this? And they get shot in his leg. And in his James, knee. James walks up with a high-powered rifle in one hand with the phone, clicks and says, The name's Bond. James Bond. And that's like, where this... And, and that's this whole thing. Is This is the birth of James Bond. This is... in the be- It opens with him getting his double O status. And it ends with the theme. He's got his attitude. He's never going to trust anybody. He's ready. And I've got to say... It is... This is a more youthful and inexperienced James Bond... And it's a little annoying how he is. But this is, more importantly, this James Bond is damaged. It's something that we have to acknowledge. This is unhealthy behavior, what he's doing. It's really unhealthy. And this is this is what they're focusing on in this film. It's, he is messed up. Like Vesper says, he's like, that's not normal to be able to turn it on and off. Yeah. And he can't. It's, he, it's they find... Like uh, she said when she was saying, it's like, but in order for them to be able to do what he does, he has to have some kind of coping. He, he's there's something wrong with him. Like it's unhealthy, and he goes to extremes for it. Um, 
while there are moments of him being very charismatic, like him seducing a girl, and but unlike with Sean Connery, who will seduce a girl 100% and then leave. He stopped. He like just is like, I'm done. And like he's like, I'll be right back. I need to get some caviar. Listen. He's like, we're going to need more champagne. Uh, send up some, uh, the nice expensive caviar, send the champagne, uh, for one. And he leaves the girl in the lurch there. It's like, whoa. Like he walked away from a sure thing with a beautiful woman. He is motivated by the job. Yeah. That's all that matters. And unlike the other James Bonds, he is... Women, food, money, it's all disposable. It's all about the job. Yep. Uh, even though he does like the drink that he makes, which is the vodka martini, shaken, not stirred. No, it's three quarters this, a little bit of that, a little this, blah, 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 blah. It's a Vesper martini, which he names Vesper after Vesper. Because loves she goes, her. why? Because of the bitter aftertaste? He goes, no, because once you have it, you can't, that's all you want. And that's what he traditionally drinks is the Vesper martini. Vesper martini is... No, usually he... The typical James Bond is just... Vodka martini, shaken, not stirred, which right. is the Vesper martini. The difference it's it's uh three quarter uh three ounces of of gordon's uh and a couple other sequences no but usually james just has a straight up vodka martini shaken not stirred and you shake it because it makes it colder so but, he likes it super super cold because this is based off the first james bond novel and it it does keep the original story of lachie in there it updates some elements to it it fixes some parts but it is still a straight origin story however with such an iconic character as james bond it does feel like this should have been done years ago and actually it was done years ago because the first video of james bond was casino royale the original which was the one where it was jimmy bond in america as that tv show before uh the uh for first uh dr no that's the one where you had um what's his name uh <laughs> yes master uh, I forgot the guy's name, but he played the uh, Chief, which is crazy. The thing, funny thing is my dad told me about that. We were like, no way. And then I saw it on YouTube. I'm like, oh my God, it's actually a real thing. Peter Laurie. Peter Laurie plays the Chief. So it's crazy. If you have a chance, watch it. But this version of Casino Royale, there are four set pieces for action sequences. You have the opening sequence. You have the construction site uh, sequence. And then you have the airport. Those are your big budget fight sequences, and this James is not. No collateral damage, no I'm universal exports, no one can see who I am. This is, I'm a bull in a china shop, look at me, I'm not a secret agent, I'm going to kill you. Yep. You see, like you said, you see him honing his skills, but then eventually he's just... Like, he's a good agent. He's running an op, you know, he's a good agent, but he gets his double O status, and he's, it's a different ballpark. He's supposed to be the, no one suspects it's you. And no, everybody knows it's him. And to top it off, at one point, they straight up say, uh, hello, Mr. Beach. And he's like, no, the name's under, uh, it's the name's under Beach. My name is Bond. Just straight up. Reservations bre- under Beach. Breaking cover. He was like, he's like, they already know it's us. We're not giving him anything and we're letting him know we know. It just, it kind of frustrates me. This is a... But he's meant to be frustrating. It's meant to be annoying that he's not playing the suave, secret spy. Yeah. But he's kind of peacocking. He is. And the thing is that... He's trying to play it psychologically. He is. 
And one thing I do like about this film is that he's the one that's sexualized in this, not the girls. Like you said, he has a sequence of him coming out of the water, which is the Ursula Anders shot. He has all those moments, and she's just, and the girls are just kind of like, yeah, there are a lot of girls, but they're not. They're girls, and they're scantily clad, and there's, you know, bikinis and dresses that leave absolutely nothing to the imagination. But it is more about him. It's it's kind of egotistical that way. Also, this is a gritty film. It's really gritty. It's gritty. It's dark. Um, and the well, other... this is also when they were coming out with... Um... Born Identity. Right. So you want that gritty, that speedy, and that's something... You want the... that urban feel of the guy jumping from building to building. You want them running in backyards. You want... They're not driving on the French Riviera. Yeah. Racing bajillion dollar cars. The thing is that he is, let's be honest, compared to the other Bonds, this one's a ruthless killing machine who kind of relishes killing people. Up close and personal. Which is kind of disturbing. And a lot of people say that this is a perfect Bond movie. I don't think this is a perfect Bond movie. It's a decent Bond film. Uh, It's shot really well. There's some great sequences. It's missing elements that I personally figured should be in any Bond movie. I still rate this one pretty high. It's in my top 10, but it's not the best Bond movie. Not by a long shot. Um, let's actually get to one other element which we haven't talked about, which is the music for this film. Now, the opening sequence is to Chris Cornell of Audio Slave and Sound Gardens, You Know My Name, which is not Bond like at all. It's very different. It feels, well, it does feel youthful and energized. It doesn't feel like Bond. The thing is that... Like, but this is also the origin story. This is him becoming Bond. So the music shouldn't be cool, classic Bond. It should be a little... It doesn't fit. I think it doesn't fit. I mean, the opening sequence, the whole uh, digital opening credit crawl with all of the diamonds and all the different spades and the casino references is really cool. It looks visually stunning. And I love that they have all these great little nuances, like the bullets are all spades. Uh, when people get stabbed, you see them break into hearts, or if they get punched... Like the knife is a club, and it's sticking out of the guy's chest. And when he gets punched, it's all diamonds that make up his face, and they break apart, you see it, and then his face comes back together again. Like It's cool. It just, the song does not work. But I do appreciate the fact that they use the song throughout the movie as the theme. It's just the instrumental version is played throughout it. The way they used it, you like, you just don't like the song. Yes. I do like that at the ending, you do get that... The typical James Bond... You need the horns. Which is the beginning of Bond, so that's where he's introduced. Um, I'm fine with the lack of gadgets. I'm fine with the lack of gadgets, because we've seen gadget light. There's a little gadget in there. There's... um, a little bit of a pun. There's a little bit of... There's a lot of little... It's. I thought it was really well done. It's Bond becoming Bond. It's an origin. It's an origin. It's a, It just feels weird. It does. I like that it's not a period piece. I like that it's modern. I do like that. I think every time this Bond puts on a tailored um, dinner jacket, he's going to know it, he's going to feel it, and he's always going to think about Vespers. Yes. This... The thing is, this begins the first Bond series that is all the same Bond in the same story. More of it's all one overarching story. 
Because first film, you're introduced Spectre. Second film, Spectre. Third film, Blofeld completely drops to Spectre. Then Spectre comes back. There's Each one's their own self-contained story. This one doesn't feel like a self-contained story. This is the beginning of a whole other thing. The next film, which we'll talk about, Quantum of Solace, feels like an epilogue to this that should have been part of this. Right. But we'll get to that when we talk about Quantum of Solace. Um, Bond Girls, okay. Lashif as a villain, I gotta say, and I actually had my notes canceled, but um, what would you say is Lashif as a villain? I thought he was an ex- excellent villain. He feels like a big boss, and then you see when he, when you, there's a moment when it's painfully obvious he's not a big boss, he's screwed up, and he's worried. Yeah, he's terrified of screwing up, and it's not a, oh. But you don't see it right away. Because, I mean, at first you see him with You're his... like, oh, he's the big bad guy that's in charge of all of the other little bad guys. But he's like, no, no. He's just a cog in the wheel. Yeah, and it's just his life is... I like that. Um, as henches go, this film has two henches. We're going to say who are the main henches. We have um, Alex Dimitrios, who is a contractor who works for Le Chief, And then the other one is Vesper. Let's be honest, Vesper is a hench. Yeah, Vesper she's is an a unwitting hench. hench, but she's a hench. But we don't we don't know it till the end. And I think that she's a really good hench, because she's like the honeypot hench. <laughs> he didn't expect to happen. Uh, the other little random henches are okay, like his girlfriend and the guy doing the parkour, and then Carlos, the guy who he fights in the. I mean, but if you think about, it, also Lashif is a hench, Mister White. So it's kind of confusing who is the real hench. Right. So we'll say the henches are Lashif and Vesper. Yeah. And they're both really good henches, I think. Because one is a honeypot hench, the other hench is the one that you think is the big boss, but he's not the big boss. Um, I think, yeah. Favorite sequence in the film, I'm going to say, is the casino scene. Is the scene when he does get poisoned. Because he's already pissed off because uh, he got the money back from Felix Leiter. Vesper is pissed at him because he didn't dare listen to her. And then he gets poisoned, and Felix is just like, what the hell's going on? Why are you leaving? And you have the look of the, the shit-eating grin on Lashif's face when he drinks the, the uh, martini. Like, oh, God. It's like, you're dead. Ha ha. Oh, and all that and the martini scene itself, when he first orders the first Vesper martini, and everyone else is like, that sounds good. I want to try it. Me too. And then Felix is like, hey, brother, uh, I'll have the same thing, but hold the fruit. Yep. And then she's like, come on, are we going to play a game? Are we going to drink some more? You want something else too? And they're like, hey. They're having fun. Let them have fun. Don't be a We're prick. gambling bajillions dollars. Let us have a drink. Yeah, they can have fun. That's how the game works. And then that's when, that's for me is the beginning of him being like, uh-oh, I'm desperate. Yeah. That is a good p- point of him being desperate because he knows something's up. It's like, dude, they're ordering. Yeah. You're playing the game. Calm down. Yeah. Play it cool. Play it cool. Down. Some people say that the uh, relationship between M and this James is very motherly and different. I gotta say that it's a, it's a good establishing point in this. I would have preferred a different M, though. I think that if they're rebooting the system, they should have rebooted M. I love no, M. No, I love Judy M. Dench. I love Judy Dench's M. She's the best M there is. However, I think that if they were rebooting, they should have changed it up. They're completely destroying the past. No, but they're not saying that there's no 
007. They're saying there's a whole 00 thing. They're just saying this is the new 007. This is his beginning. It feels... It, it, it messes with the timeline. It's kind of confusing. Overall, I think it's a good film. It's an excellent film with a very broken version of James Bond. I think that he is one of... He is a decent Bond. I don't think he's the best Bond. I put him up there, but he's not the best. That's not really hard. There are six Bonds. There are six Bonds totals, and you rank them. I think that Daniel Craig is an impressive Bond. All the Bonds do an excellent job. Just... Who's your favorite? Connery. Who's your second? I want to say Pierce Brosnan, but some of my favorite movies are with Roger Moore, so it's kind of a tie between those two. And I then do love it's, Roger Moore. Then it's Daniel Craig, and even though I love Timothy Dalton's very dark version of it, he didn't have enough time to shine, and I'll be honest, Daniel Craig gets better. Not yeah. the next movie, but he gets better. <laughs> Sean Connery, Daniel Craig, Timothy Dalton, I think. Really? Over Pierce Brosnan? Although he's the punniest, which you would assume would be my favorite. But, yeah. I do love him as James Bond. I, I like all the Bonds for all different reasons. Well, we're going to go over our, all of our Bonds in a separate episode, maybe with a video. But for this, I think that this is definitely a bar from a friend. It's a really good film. In the whole list of Bond movies, I'm going to have to give this, and hold on, Zan, I'll edit this part out because I need to get my phone. Say no. Oh. Har har, right? Okay. As of right now, for our for our list we've been working on. For henchmen, Vesper, I'm putting in the top three. Yeah. She's definitely top three in the sheaf. Then for for songs, I put You Know My Name underneath Moonray and above License to Kill. They're it's better than Tomorrow Never Dies, better than For Your Eyes Only, better than The World Is Not Enough. Better than all-time high and better than three blind mice. Agreed. But it's not as good as um, Moonraker from Russia with Love, Thunderball, Living Daylight, You Only Live Twice, We Have All the Time in the World, Diamonds Are Forever. There are so many better songs. I love Diamonds Are Forever. Uh, then we have our actual villains themselves. And Lashif, I'm going to put him above Sanchez, General Sanchez. Or not General Sanchez, Sanchez was just a... a, a uh, a crime lord. I'll put him above Sanchez and below Dr. No. Lashif is one of my favorites. I don't know if it's the bleeding eye. I don't know exactly what it is that makes him one of my favorites, but oh, oh, un- he, unapologetically, he's one of my favorites. He's still in the top 10 out of 21. Oh, yeah, totally. He's still in the top 10. He's number nine. It's just that, and I love that element of, we didn't even talk about the fact that he's scarred and he has the bleeding eye. We didn't talk about he cries tears. He's cool. It's just that, He's like Dr. No. He is a cog in the wheel. He's not... He has a plan, but... And he does get his hands dirty, but in the end, he's not... He doesn't get a satisfying villain death. Okay. And he doesn't get... Like, here... Currently in our list, we have... On the top is Blofeld. Because Blofeld is... Blofeld. This depends on what version you're talking about. But taking Blofeld out of the equation, you have Alex Trevelyan... At the top... Because that's just evil James Bond. Franco Scaramanga, also evil James Bond, but... Scaramanga. One is the spy element, one is the assassin element. Right. You have Orc Goldfinger, 
because his is my plan is genius and he's pretty good. You got Max Zorin just because, hey, it's it's Christopher Walken as a villain. Then you got Kananga, Mr. Big. Who, his plan would have worked because he's playing against himself. He's like, there's the crime boss, Mr. Big, and I'm the I'm the leader of the country who's against Mr. Big when he's really the same person. It's kind of a cool gimmick. Right. Then you have Emilio Largo who... Largo. Yeah. Shitty death, but... You know. And then Dr. No and Lashif. Because Dr. No, like his is... You're just a policeman and then he dies in such a stupid way. And Lashif, really cool and threatens Bond, but... He gets killed by his boss. By Mr. White. Uh-huh. It's hard to have a name like Mr. White and not think about, like, the game Clue. That's the other thing. Um, something which the series, and this is spoilers for later movies, we'll talk about it. Seeing Le Chief, and then you have Mr. White, and the next movie, Mr. Green, that was a missed opportunity to continue the quantum as all of them are different colors. Yeah. That kind of ruined the whole thing when they went, we're going to change this up to be this. Like, oh, well, I'm going to be Mr. Pink, Mrs. Blue, and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, so, but... And then as for films, where do I put Casino Royale? I have it as number five. Five out of 21. That's not bad. It's not bad. I think it's it's his best... It's Daniel Craig's best film. And we didn't even talk about the fact that Martin uh, Campbell also directed Goldfinger, which I have under this. This is better than Goldfinger. This is better than Goldfinger. I love Goldfinger. It's one of my favorite movies, but it's dated. This one, it feels kind of timeless, even though it does have modern technology. It just fits. Yeah. It doesn't have that Cold War. But it's also like, if it's going to be the same director, you, you, you grow, you get better, you hone your craft. True. The other element is that one of the things I hated in GoldenEye was fixed in this, and that is... Jack Webb. Jack Webb was a shitty, like, he was there as a comedy character. And I don't think you needed to do that for the character. Like, Felix Leiter is such a great character. And how they did Felix Leiter in this is so much better than Jack Webb. Okay. So as outings go, Craig beats Pierce Brosnan. That's simple. That's what I said. You questioned me. You're right. In that element, but I'm saying in film itself, but as for personal preferences, I think uh, Daniel Craig is lower. And then the top four movies, well, those, it's kind of, it's kind of easy to see who they are. However, yeah, so that's my thoughts about this movie. I hope that I'm going to give this a ball from a friend and don't return unless offered. It's really good. It's still Bond. It's still a James Bond movie and I'm still in love with the whole franchise the fact that only won one award was kind of depressing though it only that's won that's just a political ripoff it only won excellence in production design oh no no you know my name won the international press satellite award for best original song but it was declared to be the best action sequence of 2006 i even talk about the fact that it was 2006 it came out and it was made for $150 million, and it boxed off in, at $606 million. Bond so, movies make money. They do. But uh, So that is our thoughts about this James Bond film. If you've seen Casino Royale, tell me what you think. Let me know. Email me, xanetspyarkin.com, or comment on our Discord, where we have our Bondathon channel, where we've been discussing all things, including our favorite gadgets. In this one, there was only one gadget, and I don't think it is good enough to be a 
gadget. I mean, you do have the Ocean Master watch that he does have. He has an Omega Ocean Master. But... And she asks him, Rolex is Omega. But that's not a gadget. The only gadget is the defibrillator. So this, and the tracking device. I don't count the tracking device. It's not something he uses. It's something that's in, he used did on use him. it. He put it into the um, the chief's inhaler. Oh, you're right. He did have that little tracking device that was in his connected his phone. So he had a super phone. But no, I don't. That's not like I don't. It doesn't count. I don't think it's good enough for the Bond devices. There are so many better ones. I mean, do I have to bring up the put together bike or the put to, or little Nelly, the put together helicopter or the uh, leg gun or the briefcase, which had the gold sovereigns, the collapsible rifle, the knife and had a smoke bomb in it. That was pretty cool. The Polaroid camera that was actually a laser. Yeah, that was cool. The original uh, Pierce Brosnan Omega watch, which had a laser in it to cut through. Then there's the lazy watch from Moonraker, which was just, that was his main weapon. That was so stupid. Where lift your hand up and it shot out a dart. That's all it does. And that's his gun. Uh, but it came in handy. Yeah, it did. Pun intended. It, it did come in handy. Um, or let's say the, the Thunderball, uh, whatchamacallit, the Thunderball uh, jetpack. The Thunderball jetpack. Which had the best cameo in Die Another Day. He's like, does this still work? Don't, stop touching that. It lifts up. I wish that they had the, uh, in that scene, they did like in uh, Inner Majesty Secret Service, they played all the different themes in that sequence. Yeah. Because that was cool. That brought back that it was the original James Bond. But anyway, we're rambling on and on. So next time we're going to be talking about Quantum of Solace. And then after that, we're going to be doing either our review of the, the Bond ladies or the top and the best and worst henches of the James Bond franchise. And I mean, we, there's only a couple more henches left to talk about. And I've got to admit, they don't, they can only go up from here. I mean, currently in our henches, we have Hans, who just was dispatched by Blofeld for no reason. The three blind mice. Uh, oh, actually, I think one of the, the worst villains is coming up in the next movie. Oh. Yeah, uh, but you have Kid and Wink, and then you have General Omarov. People do defend Kid and Wink, though. They really do. They say they were important for their time. No, I don't like them. They're creepy. They're creepy. They're creep. They're like the Shining Twins creepy. I mean, if that's like the old adage of if they're if they're a certain way, they're evil. If you listen to the book review, one of the villains I talk about in the book review, that's why they made him evil. Because they said, oh, he's this way, so he's evil. That's not a defining trait. Right. Even though I do have to admit, it was so bad. Like, he's he's creepy looking and he's wearing women's perfume. Shitty women's perfume. And a lot of it. <laughs> but I think that's it for this episode. So as usual, uh, I am Zan. I'm Greta. Thank you guys for listening so much. Check out our other podcasts. Uh, stay tuned. And as usual, we're Gonsville. Catch you guys next time. Keep watching Bond. See you. Bye.
file shows no kills bond but to become a double o it takes two how did your contact not well you needn't worry the second is yes considerably the man was le chiffre private banker to the world's terrorists which would explain how he could set up a high-stakes poker game at Casino Royale in Montenegro. If he loses this game, he'll have nowhere to run. You're the best player in the service. The Treasury has agreed to stake you in the game. But if you lose, our government will have directly financed terrorism. I will be keeping my eye on our government's money and off your perfectly formed house. You noticed. 
hope our little game isn't causing you to perspire. It doesn't bother you, killing those people. Well, I wouldn't be very good at my job if it did. How's our girl melted your cold heart yet? James, get the girl out. You're not going to let me in there. You've got your armor back on. I have no armor left. You've stripped it from me. Whatever is left of me. Whatever I am. I'm yours. The only question remains. Will you yield? In time? Oui, monsieur. Wait. Three measures of Gordon's, one of vodka, half a measure of Kina Lille. Shake it over rice and then add a thin slice of lemon peel. Yes, sir. You know, I'll have one of those. So will I. Certainly. My friend, bring me one as well. Keep the fruit. That's it? <laughs> 